If you've been wondering if you should invest in an indoor air filter, and then there's so many on the market, which one you should invest in, this episode is for you. I have on Ryan Ritchie, an indoor air quality professional for over 20 years in the indoor environmental space. And he shares why IntelliPure is different. I have five IntelliPure air filters in my house. That is how much I believe in them. And we share how their technology is different from the other air filters out there. I'm Dr. Emily Kybird. I'm a chiropractor and movement expert. I help women with Hashimoto's learn how to work out without the burnout. And getting my indoor air filtration system set up and dialed in has been a major game changer. I have lived in a lot of moldy homes, had a lot of neural inflammation, brain fog. Mold was probably one of the triggers that triggered my Hashimoto's. And I sleep better with an air filter. I breathe better. And once you start to clean your air filter, you'll realize, wow, if this wasn't filtered out, I would have to be filtering this with my body, through my skin, through my lungs. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I have a very special code for this week only. IntelliPure is offering 25% off their ultrafine unit, which is larger than, than their compact. I actually prefer their ultrafine. I have four of them. And the code is Dr. Emily for 25% off, but this week only. So if you've been on the fence, you're like, I don't know, do I want to invest? This is a time 25% off is an amazing deal. They rarely go on sale and it is on the ultra fine unit, which is super robust. It can clear um, a very large space. So, and it's not noisy. I, I love them. I basically can't live without them and I travel with them. So I am that kind of Hashimoto's woman who really values air quality and knows that when I travel in a hotel room or an Airbnb, the chance of water damage and mold is actually very high because I've traveled a lot and I've had to move rooms in almost every hotel I've gone to probably 90% of the time. So I just started traveling with a, an air filter to mitigate any exposure because I'm a, I'm a sensitive one. So use the code Dr. Emily on the IntelliPure website. Uh, the link is in the show notes and doctor as in D-R, Emily, E-M-I-L-Y. And it's on the ultrafine unit for 25% off. All right, ladies, this is a good one. I hope you enjoy. Ryan Ritchie, welcome to Thyroid Strong Podcast. Super excited to have you here. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much, Emily. Yeah. So you are, for people who don't know you, are the vice president of business development of IntelliPure, which is an air filtration system. And you have been with the company for 20 years, which is tremendous. It is tremendous. And when you say it out loud, it kind of seems not real. Um, <laughs> you know, I was very fortunate to to meet the owners of the company 20 years ago and started working with them since then. So our life's passion has been bringing air purification solutions to as many people as possible. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit of your background? Sure. Um, you know, I'm from uh, Alabama originally in the South. I went to Auburn University. And uh, after Auburn, I majored in communications. I went down to South Florida. I was living down in Fort Lauderdale when I had met Vinny Lopdell, um, the one of the founders of the company, um, and just learning about their product and the difference that it made and hearing some firsthand testimonials at a very young age, I thought I really wanted to get involved with the type of product and company like that. Um, fast forward 20 years later, we have done a tremendous amount of work in almost every vertical market from residential to commercial applications, both domestically and in over 40 different countries. So I've been really 
you know, blessed to kind of take this message of improving indoor quality and the solutions that really address it best all over the world. So I want to dive into the importance of having quality air. So for women who are listening who don't know, Hashimoto's is kind of this trifecta of causes. There's a genetic component, there's a gut hyperpermeability component, and then the third one is this environmental stressors or environmental load. Part of that environmental load comes from the water we drink, what we absorb through our skin, through our gut, and then the air we breathe. Can you share some of the things that we could potentially be breathing in that could be affecting our health? Yeah, you know, I'm very familiar with Hashimoto's. My wife has had some issues related to some of uh, those concerns with the thyroid. And really, I think not just Hashimoto's, but so many other um, diseases and medical issues are related to the water we drink and the air that we breathe and certainly the food that we ingest. And if you really break it all down, it comes to inflammation. And inflammation is really the bigger root cause of all of these different scenarios. It's inflammation of the thyroid that creates the leak and that creates the issues over um, kind of activity of it that drives those concerns. So what bad food, what water that's polluted or air that has toxins and pollution inside of it does is create inflammation in the body, um, whether it's a thyroid or the lungs. And what we've learned even today is that indoor quality pollution impacts every organ in the body. It is small enough to break the blood-brain barrier. It impacts babies in the womb. It's responsible for over 25% of all deaths from heart disease, lung cancer, and stroke, right? So where air quality used to be considered a breathing concern, people with asthma, people with allergies and COPD, the new data really tells us that it's a whole body concern And certainly the thyroid is a component of that. Some of the common things that I've shared on the podcast that we can breathe in would be mold mycotoxins, which are byproducts of mold, VOCs, particulate matter. For example, like every time someone hits their brakes, particulate matter goes into the air. Can you share some of the things that you see from being with IntelliPure of things that are in our air that could be harmful to our health? Yeah, I mean, certainly you hit the nail on the head. There's three main pollution categories. Particulate pollution, which can range in a whole host of stuff. VOCs or volatile organic compounds, your gases, chemicals, and odors. And then the third is microorganisms, viruses, bacteria, and mold. And all three are really addressed differently. So the focus is trying to remove those three main pollution categories. Now, when you look at particle pollution, There are typical allergens and dust-made feces, microplastics that we now know. The human skin, we shed more than most animals, right? So um, particle pollution is a fact of life. The dust that we see accumulate when a ray of light comes into the home and you see that stuff floating, those are bigger micron-sized particles. The really debilitating ones are the ones that we can't see and that are small enough that when we breathe them in, they enter into our bloodstream. So particles have whole host of different um, issues with inside of it. And VOCs are very prevalent from the cleaning agents we use, the pesticides that are sprayed in our home, using the dishwasher, cooking is the greatest pollution source in our home, which certainly I'm not advocating that we stop cooking, um, but that creates a host of A, particle pollution and VOCs in the air. Um, so really day-to-day, everyday activity causes these scenarios problem with it as it relates to indoor quality 
is that instead of having the natural ventilation or these things leaving the environment, they stay contained inside. And so then we have great exposure to them, um, you know, the same either biofilter or biofilter, and our body then has to filter through these both man-made and cancer-causing style pollution sources that we find in the home. Our homes these days are so much more of a tight seal. Like I think our homes back in the day, air used to pass through and there was this breathable envelope. But have you seen the quality of our indoor air change over time? There's a, a definitely direct correlation with energy efficiency buildings and poorer air quality. So the more boxed up an environment, naturally, to I live in Florida, um, in the middle of the summer, I want to make sure my house is airtight so my air conditioner is not running out. I yell at my kids every time their doors open, right? Um, and so it's not that it's a bad thing. It was a natural move to have energy efficient, airtight, weather sealed homes. But in doing so, we created a health epidemic. And they're starting to have that correlation and relook at both the energy efficiency and the health and wellness of the home. And those two things really have to intersect. I've had IntelliPure air filters. I've had the the ultrafine unit, the larger unit. Sure. I've had three of them since 2015. And I have tried other air filters. And I always come back to my IntelliPure. I call it my workhorse. It's like robust. Yeah. If something is in the air, if I'm cooking and there's smoke and I turn it on, it will take that out so quickly, like so much faster than other air filters. Can you explain how IntelliPure works and then also how it's different from maybe other air filters? We use a proprietary technology, but if you look at air filtration and air purification on its base, there's efficiency and effectiveness. Efficiency is air going through the filter in the first pass. And the filter's a very important part. There's a lot of technologies out there that do not do that. And without filtration, you're not going to have reduction, right? So um, that first pass of air through a system and the removal percentage is efficiency. Very, very important part. Um, And I'll explain that why in a little bit later. Effectiveness is how often it will then change the air in that environment through that efficient filter. And so what's really unique about our technology is that we have the most efficient first pass uh, capture rate on the market, right? So a big value proposition of our technology over others, the most efficient technology um, available today. And then effectiveness is really just a factor of how much airflow you're moving. And so it's a balance of creating the proper airflow and acceptable noise level um, because you can have ultra super duper turbo, but that's going to be at a level that is unsustainable and uncomfortable for people inside that space. So what our technology allows us to do is have the highest efficiency at the lowest noise level while also deactivating and killing viruses and bacteria and mold. And so we have a four law kill rate on virus and bacteria once our 100% 99.99% efficient filter captures those from the space. And so certain environments will have air change per hour's requirements. A dentist's office, uh, six air changes per hour, close proximity, a lot of exposure. And so air changes per hour is an important factor of any air purification system to make sure that you're changing the air enough to have an impact. A super efficient filter that's not moving air is really irrelevant. So those two things need to work together. 
And you also have a unit that goes onto an HVAC, someone's home system. Yeah. So you, I think what's really neat about our technology is it's, it's very modular. And so everywhere from a small tabletop unit that's used in classrooms to very large commercial installed solutions that we do for the Rockefeller building or large commercial entities, um, our technology is the same. And so when we have it in a residential application, energy savings is not really of a value importance to a consumer, but to a corporate client or an entity who's trying to reduce carbon footprint and increase and create the healthiest environment possible, well, we have the best solution for that. And that's really when that uh, the energy savings and health and wellness stories start to collide. Um, and so our technology does have a vast uh, um, wide array of different products from silly mount units, um, residential installed, residential portable, commercial installed, uh, commercial portable solutions, et cetera. Different particulates are different sizes, right? Oh, yeah. So I know a mold particle is larger than a mycotoxin particle. Can you go through why it's important to have a filter that can filter even the smallest things? Because I think some of the filters don't. Maybe they don't do it efficiently. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great point. And, and something I actually meant to touch on earlier when we talk about efficiency, um, there's a standards and efficiency for filtration. And the residential filter that's installed in your HVAC, the rating is called MERV, Minimum Efficiency Rating Value. A typical home will have a MERV 8, which is going to be 20% efficient at best. And that's not even really with the sealed filter system. After MERV 16, you have HEPA filtration, and then you have what they call OLPA. Many machines and products on the market market HEPA because it is the gold standard of filtration. Now, it's been around for over 60 years, but it's still considered a standard. The big problem and the kind of misinformation out there today is that I can test a HEPA filter in a lab and then call my system a HEPA-rated machine. But the reality is when the HEPA filter is applied in, inside the system or the box with air bypassage and leakage, you're no longer getting HEPA efficiency. Now, we've tested numerous products on the market that are HEPA-rated machines, and not a single one of them actually hit HEPA-rated efficiency. So there's a big misinformation out there, and it's important to note it's about the total system efficiency, not the filter inside the box, because once those two things are connected together, um, the efficiency rating is never at what it's rated. So that's an important context. There's some misinformation out there. And a HEPA machine is not a HEPA machine is not a HEPA machine. So they all vary in really their capabilities. Yeah. Um, so that's an important context. Now, when you apply that to a micron size, um, which is a very difficult thing to comprehend, it's like looking into the universe and seeing all the stars. Micron sizes are so small, they're invisible to the human eye. What you might see as a dust pollen would be considered maybe around 10 micron, possibly 5 micron. Um, 2.5 micron was a very large particle size that's considered a standard in air quality. So when you look at the air quality index, or you see the weather channel promoting certain um, air pollution levels, it's based on a 2.5 micron. Still in our world, a relatively large size micron. When you look at a HEPA rate of machine, they're focused on removing a 0.3 micron, so significantly smaller than 2.5. And then what our technology focuses on is down to the 0.007 micron, 
So again, orders of magnitude of scale of difference in size. Now for comparison, a coronavirus would be, or any virus really in that is about a 0.1 micron. So we're capturing particulates that are smaller than virus sized particles in the air. And the reason we've always focused on that size is because we know those are the most health debilitating, small enough to get into your bloodstream, act like cholesterol for the heart, to have heart conditions, plaque in the brain, to have mental um, capacity issues, et cetera. And so that's really where our world lives is that ultra fine particle removal, the most debilitating. And ironically, when you look at the AQI or the air quality index, they base it on weight. So for an example, a 10 micron particulate and a 0.007 micron particulate are going to be significantly different in weight. Very few 10 micron particulates um, are needed, or I'm sorry, billions and billions of point of the smaller micron are needed to equate to what a 10 micron is. So when you use a quality index of weight, it's skewed. You're not necessarily looking at those most harmful, lung penetrating, debilitating particulates that are out there. So there's also a concern out there is how do I really know what's good air quality? Most of the air quality products on the market to test the air, Ikea now has one, Amazon has launched one, do it by the AQI index or weight. And again, addressing bigger, heavier particulates that are not necessarily the most concerning for your health. Um, and so size does matter in microns. Most of the technologies and standards out there aren't addressing those really ultra fine particles. That's where our technology and our focus has always been. And so when COVID hit and we're trying to filter out 0.1 micron sized particles, we are in a really great position to be a, a phenomenal resource to schools, uh, corporate entities, residential clients, et cetera. Um, in New York, I saw IntelliPure air filters popping up during that time in commercial buildings all over the place. Yeah, you walk around Manhattan and, and our large portable units are seen in almost every single lobby. Yeah. What's really encouraging now is our commercial installed products are going into a lot of the buildings in New York to help get back to work, create a healthy environment than you'll have in your home, um, increase worker productivity. Of course, there's a value in additional dollars per square foot when you do that. So really phase one is what we all saw was rapid deployment of portable units. Um, and now it's really a second thought through phase two where there are permanently installed solutions. Because what was revealed during that time, which we've always been saying, is that air quality is a big issue and it impacts every organ in the body, multitude of health concerns. It certainly Hashimoto's and thyroid disease be a part of that. And there are easy solutions out there to improve the wellness of our population by creating healthy work and living environments. I have an IntelliPure in all of our bedrooms and I put them in the bedrooms because I notice that when I have my filter on at night, I sleep better. And I don't know if you know the answer to this, but is there any sort of research out there where there are correlations of better air quality and sleep or better air quality and just better health outcomes? Well, I would say absolutely. There are data points on better health outcomes with better improved air quality on a numerous amount of conditions or issues or concerns, right? Um, I mentioned earlier work for productivity, just that alone and absent and presenteeism being able to function better because you have um, lower CO2 levels. So you're not getting lethargic and tired. 
You're not having VOCs inundate your system, particulates that are creating itchy, scratchy throats or watery eyes. So think of that for sleeping as well. And it was really kind of funny recently. We've hired some great new people on our team. We're growing very rapidly. We're at a trade show that I've been doing for 20 years. And people are walking by and, and so many comments like yours. I love my head. My Healthway machine. I love my IntelliCare machine. I love my 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 installed product and just telling story after story. And a tremendous amount of them were um, related to snoring. My boyfriend can now sleep over because he doesn't snore anymore. Or my uh, I don't have to sleep in a separate room because that air purifier had helped that. So very anecdotal evidence. But if you naturally think it through, inflammation of the throat of the passageway and breathing. And if your body is fighting less exposure to things that cause inflammation, then naturally you will have a better night's sleep, right? So if you're, if you're getting congested, which many of us do when we wake up because we have particulates in the space and we love our pets and our pets are in our home. And, you know, we are our own worst enemy as it comes to the air quality inside of our home. And some of the first things anybody can do is habit changes, use cleaner, greener products instead of more chemical based. Um, except the list goes on and on. Um, and so those, uh, those are, I think, a lot of data points, a lot of studies showing the benefits and improved health conditions. Uh, a good night's sleep with improved air quality is certainly one of them. We actually have a hotel program called Pure Room, where hotels will incorporate a seven-step process to create a wellness room. The cornerstone of that, of course, is our air purifier with DFS technology. Um, and that's what we utilize through all of our products. Um, they incorporate also dust mite protective bedding because while we can certainly address the stuff in the air, dust mites are a huge concern with allergens and, and a poor night's sleep. And if we're breathing right on top of the pillow or the mattress, then an air purifier is going to have limited value there. Um, and so that's a beautiful example of people who are looking for the better night's sleep, especially when you're traveling and you know how bad a hotel can be. Um, and so we, we know very well that um, improved indoor quality is certainly correlated to better night's sleep. Can you go through the layers? Yeah, because yeah, I absolutely. think if you look at a maybe more traditional air filter, there's just like the the white looking filter, like maybe one you would put in your HVAC. But sure. when you open an IntelliPure, you're like, oh, there's like five or like three to five different layers here. What what are the, What's the purpose of them? And no, I've been curious as a consumer, but I was wondering if you could share that information. Yeah, part of the technology in there is patented, but we right. can certainly talk about it. Yeah. So earlier when I mentioned there's three pollution categories, VOCs, particulates, and microorganisms, it's really important to have a system that addresses all three. So our first stage of filtration is a pre-filter that captures larger pet hair, human hair, dust bunnies. That pre-filter is also a carbon filter. Now, the best way to typically get rid of a VOC is through what they call absorption where you're going to have the chemical, the gas, or the odor pass over a carbon bead. That carbon has a lot of surface area. If you imagine little tiny moons inside this carbon filter, and that surface area then absorbs those gases, chemicals, and odors. Carbon's also used a lot in water for very similar applications. So our mixture of carbon and zeolite is what is unique and has a broader reduction of a broader range of VOCs. The second filter is our main media filter, DFS technology. That is what allows us to have the 99.99% efficiency, as well as a four law kill rate of virus and bacteria. So it's a media filter. 
a special proprietary media filter that's enhanced with energy. And that energy is what has the kill rate on the viruses and bacteria. A lot of products will use a UV light. And we have worked with UV light in the past um, uh, quite a bit, actually. And we know it's a great technology if applied the right way. Um, the problem with UV light, while we know it can kill microorganisms, is the bulb has to be at a specific wavelength. And if that alters in any way, it no longer has that germicidal impact. We also know from our experience, you need contact time. <clears throat> Living in Florida, I can't walk to my car and get a tan. I actually have to go spend a few hours at the beach, which rarely happens these days um, from all the work that we're doing. But that's a very important context. So what our technology, using energy instead of UV, has the perfect contact time with our efficiency, and it penetrates the entire filter so it can kill everything from top to bottom. The last stage of filtration is another carbon pad. Think of it as air polishing to make sure the air is crisp and clean when it comes out. Um, and so that's those three layers of filters in the IntelliPure 468. And that's the VOC removal, the particulate removal, and the microorganism kill rate. How often should someone change their filters? You know, it's a great question. And the truth is, and anything with filtration is, it depends. Now that can be water or air. Use is going to be a key factor. I certainly recommend 24-7 operation. We look at air purification as a continual process, not a one-time event. Don't just turn it on when you come home from work. Let your air purifier operate, and they're designed to operate 24-7. Um, and so that's a really important point. And so with that, again, it depends on environment. If you have a small zoo in your home, meaning you like to adopt a lot of stray animals, then you likely will need to replace your VOC filters more frequently. Right. So typically it's between six months to a year for the VOC filter, the main media filter and almost all applications is an annual filter replacement. So every 12 months, if you do not have that small zoo in your army, if you're not like me and like to cook a lot of fun ethnic food that has great, great spices and odiferous smells, which will certainly eat up that carbon pretty quick, um, then you could last up to a year, but about six months to a year. In most applications and then a year for the main filter. And then that first filter can get really dusty, right? Because it's meant to pick up the big, the big particles. How should someone clean that? And I'm kind of asking for myself as well, because sometimes I'll go in and I'll like vacuum it. I'm like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? No, it's perfect. You, it is what you're supposed to be doing. As a matter of fact, um, I don't like the star of the video, but we do have a video of a complete filter change and how to service it. And what we can do is make that available for um, your guests to be able to see those details. Um, it also shows a particle kiln, um, which is a tool that we use to measure the efficiency of the machine, showing how efficient the unit is. So we'll make sure that's available. But you're right. There's just that, that first filter that you vacuum clean. And that yeah. will remove the bigger dust bunnies and hair. I mean, I have to vacuum that thing at least once a month. Maybe I have a zoo in my house. I don't know. Well, that's quite possible. Um, I'm guilty of uh, three, two boys and a dog. It's close enough to a zoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I love that you talk about running air filter 24-7, which I do. And even if we go on vacation, like if we go out of town for a long ski weekend, I leave them on and my husband's like, why are you leaving it on? I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, I just want to come home and not I want to come home and feel like I'm like breathing clean air. So I love that you bring up 
that it should be kind of this like 24 seven thing. It should be. I mean, it really, I think we've done a disservice to our building structures by not addressing this sooner. The benefit, if there is one of COVID, is to say that we had 20 years of awareness condensed into two years. And there's really not putting that genie back in the bottle. So while we use the analogy that we have been pushing a rope for a very long time, talking about air quality, we now started drinking from a fire hose. Now that's recited a little bit. Naturally, the hype is, is diminished. And while we're a COVID solution, that is not our answer. That's not why we're in the market. Air purification is multifaceted. Viruses is a small part of it. Mycotoxins, mold, dander, allergens, dust mite feces. I mean, all these things are part. So that's why 24-7 operation, constant purification is key. You're right. You don't want to come back home to a stuffy, airtight, um, polluted space when you've been um, you know, away for so long. You want that positive experience coming back to your home. I wanted to touch like upon something that you said, which is VOCs, volatile organic compounds. And I think for maybe the the layman, they're like, what is that? Sure. And I've experienced this getting a new couch and I didn't look for the low VOC couch. I just got a couch. You look good. Yeah. yeah. And the off-gassing, like the chemical smell, um, I mean- I think, think the heavens, I have my IntelliPure, but it's some, it was like over a month of just kind of like fumes. And what's now a, a big conversation is something about PFAS or PFAs. These are the forever chemicals and the pans that we cook with the fire retardants on the couch. So these forever chemicals are these hormone disrupting, very, very, very bad VOCs and toxins that are now being identified and addressed to hopefully have standards of removal. But fire retarded um, um, technology and products are a big component and pollution source of that, which is sprayed all over your new couch because that's the standard before they can sell that equipment. They have to make it fire retardant. And so VOCs, I think they say the average home is over 6,000 volatile organic compounds. Now that's every chemical, it's every gas and every odor. Um, odors from your simile kids after sports, um, to the cooking aromas that are, are cooked into um, your food every night, to the cleaning chemicals that we use, to the pesticides sprayed around our home, to the off-gassing of paints, furniture, new carpeting, the clothes that we bring home from the dry cleaners. Um, you walk into the bathroom and you look at every bottle or canister inside of the bathroom, and you've got now uh, a whole list of different VOCs. So ventilation that's been ignored it's kind of built into the homes whether you're cooking or in the bathroom is very important because those are two really big sources of vocs i don't think it's ever been explained properly that way until maybe recently you used to think of the fan in the bathroom for moisture and to reduce that which it is but also think of it to reduce the vocs right that are being created from the soaps the chemicals colognes perfumes hairspray etc Cooking, again, we now know is a leading cause of carcinogens in the home from the off-gassing of the cooking and the oil. So using that ventilation fan while you're cooking to help get that out of that breathable space is very important. In addition to running your air purifier, that's going to capture those uh, contaminants. What's starting to happen now in the industry is what we call air quality monitors. For the longest time, it was very difficult to talk about air quality because it was hard to visualize it. The new tools and products that are out there are changing that. 
They're not necessarily done the right way, but it's a start. And so you can, as we noticed last night, I'm cooking, um, grilled cheeses for my kids late at night and the air quality monitor is just going up and up and up and up and up. And you're like, this is, a, you know, this is what I'm telling you. This is what's created. The particles coming off. You don't think of that. You were like, I know I certainly did it a long time ago. think that cooking created these concerns. So VOCs are prevalent and more and more added every day. What they do to you is not exactly known. Some we know are carcinogens. Some we know are hormone disruptors. Some we know are um, dangerous in other capacities, but there's so many in the average home, it is near impossible to list everything that you're going to find in that environment. Ventilate and filtration, though, are two things you can do to help reduce that exposure from every day-to-day activity. Washing the dishwasher, that hot steam of the the cleaning chemicals that are then pushed down into the space just really can't be good for us if you think about it. Um, and we just got so accustomed and it's in our everyday life. I like it when I get a new car and it smells so cool, but it's really not good for you, you know? And then of course, what we do a lot of times in our homes is we mask our odors with plug-in air purifier, uh, um, air centers, candles that burn. We'll have customers that have a filter for three months that's completely black and they call it very concerned is because I, I asked, do you burn candles? Oh yeah, all the time. Well, that's the soot that you'd be breathing in that makes your house smell good that the filter's capturing to get rid of. And so there's so many activities we do not thinking or knowledgeable and it's dangerous to us. I mean, a lot of that is designed to mask the air quality problems that just exasperate it. Yeah. Now everybody loves a good candle, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> But to like actually have a customer call in and be like, oh, my filter is black. And that's like, that's a set. That's wild. Yeah. And then you're like, gosh, I mean, I breathe that in if it's not going through that filter. Yeah. Are there any exciting things on the IntelliPure horizon? I, I think maybe I would say on the air quality horizon, there are certainly national conversations happening with the White House, with Uh, the health authorities that are out there, they have a clean building initiative, um, a a clean air challenge, I think is what they call it actually, to corporate locations. Because we have to remember 90% of our time is spent indoors. That's at home and of course at work, right? And so our home environment is as important as our work environment. We spend eight hours a day at work where, you know, the time at home and sleeping. So these are our all important areas to focus on. Certainly for your home, you have control. Certainly for your place of business, you have influence. And you can, you know, we've got water coolers inside our offices to drink pure water. Why do we not have clean air, right? And, and that initiative, and I think what's, what I see need on the horizon are those things are starting to change. A little bit of waking up, a little bit of government push, um, a little bit of funding that will probably help people make smart choices um, influence them to, to invest in air purification equipment. Yeah. So those are pretty neat. We certainly have new um, tools coming out that help visualize air purification to help people understand the difference of our solution versus others. We're always looking at new products to launch that have different impacts in different spaces and environments. Um, so product development, and I think industry changes that are going to start making a lot more awareness. Are there certain parts of the country, to your knowledge, that are like more air polluted than others? There are definitely areas in the country and world that are more polluted than others. 
Um, LA, for instance, is known to be a very heavily polluted area. We all naturally think of that. Um, what's really neat is there's a, a lot of air quality sensors around the country that are outdoor monitors. And so on the, on the weather channel, the AQI index, you can go and search your own hometown to see what that air quality is. And you can then make a decision that today is not the day I'm going to open up my windows because our air quality index is really high. Or you're empowered to say, we've got beautiful air quality this morning. Let's get some fresh air in, um, et cetera. So that data point is out there. And what's ironic is you think of somewhere like California, kind of thought of to be greener, a little bit more health conscious. Certainly they know they've got air quality issues, but one of the least involved states you see on air purification stuff. So places you would think are going to be naturally the biggest um, engaged people aren't necessarily um, doing that, which is kind of surprising, but there's a lot of data out there. There are maps uh, you can put in your zip code and find your local outdoor air quality index, which is an important part. All out indoor air is made up of outdoor air and the other unnatural unhealthy stuff that we bring into it. Yeah. So here in Boulder wildfire, there's like seasons of wildfire. Now it's almost like everyone has their eyes on the horizon year round. Would something like an IntelliPure air filtration system help mitigate wildfire exposure? Without a doubt. We're actually doing a lot of commercial projects for hospitals in the regions that are affected by wildfires as part of their, their wildfire protocol. So they can shut the fresh air intake, filter out the air. And of course, if you look at wildfire and what's produced off of it, it's both particles and VOCs, right? So two of the big pollution categories that are out there. Now, we can see a lot of the visible smoke, but there's so much more that we can see that's in that as well. So naturally, having the efficiency that we do, I would argue, we're the best solution for filtering out wildfire issues, especially when you're adding that VOC component onto it as well. And again, we have that for whole building solutions from commercial applications to portable, easily deployed units. But we um, always do well and would see an uptick during wildfire season. We encourage you to uh, purchase ahead of time because usually it's a little too late when that starts to happen. And again, you're going to reap the benefits year round, certainly whenever the wildfires kick in. Did you guys have any supply chain issues over the last couple of years? Um, you know, everybody was affected in some yeah. way or the other. I think what our team did smart early on, and mind you, you know, um, I, I was overseas in Indonesia right when this started to hit. And I'm over there and everyone is already in mask. They are taking everybody's temperature. It's very restricted. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is real. Like something's happening. Um, and so when that started to happen, we did position our inventory to be ready. And a lot of times we had to air freight um, large amounts of product in to service the schools or the environments that were really mission critical fighting against COVID. So we certainly were impacted. I believe we very successfully came up with creative solutions to address that. But because of that, we're very stocked. Um, we're well stocked now to make sure that we can hit the next demand that may or may not be out there. Yeah. Um, but I think supply chain is always an issue for any type of manufacturing company. We have a multitude of different products and sometimes they do have different uh, hiccups at different times. When you get... 50,000 unit orders that definitely puts an impact into your supply chain. Yeah, um, but imagine. grateful that we had those available to deploy to schools, um, at, you know, COVID test centers, et cetera. 
So we do our best, but no one's, it's like the meteorologists out there. You just got to be right one time. (laughs) So true. And so it's just hard to navigate those, but we've done a very good job. I think we've got a great team on board that's navigating those as best as possible. I only have the ultrafine unit, which is the larger unit. I don't have a compact unit. Is the filtration, the layers the same or similar? Yeah, they're they're the same. There's a carbon filter, the pre-filter, the main DFS filter. The big difference is going to be the size of those and the size of the motor. So we talked about efficiency and effectiveness earlier. They're both going to have the same efficiency, but effectiveness that the 468 would be considered better because it can move more air. Um, Now, naturally, we say the compact is designed for a smaller space because of that. But really, other than that, the technologies are apples to apples. And what size space would be appropriate for each filter? Yeah, if you look at the compact unit, um, we suggested up to 500 square feet. And, and 500 square feet, you're going to get two air changes per hour at 99.99% efficiency. So that's going to make a really big impact. On the 468, we say 1,200 square feet, again, for that two air changes per hour. Yeah. So that means if you had that in a 2,400 square foot space, you're getting one air change per hour, still going to make a significant difference. But we believe that two is a, is a much better uh, solution in a given space. Yeah. And does it matter where you place it in the room? You know, not necessarily. I would argue that you definitely don't want to block the intake. So in the back corner covered by a comforter and a chair is probably not best. No, also in the middle of the room is not perfect either. A good position up against a wall um, with clear path for the intake, I think, is ideal. Uh, but other than that, it's really not relevant where. And then how about like distance from the person? So, for example, I like to keep it on my side of the bed because <laughs> I value air filtration. I don't think that makes a huge difference if you looked at the airflow model and characteristics of what happens. Um, not necessarily a big difference in that capacity. Got so it, it wouldn't matter. Got it. Ryan, thank you so much. Where can people find IntelliPure? Yeah, www.intellipure.com. We'll make sure those videos are made available for you to share out to your audience. And I know that one of the great things that you've done is, is help your, um, your, your guests or the people that listen to your podcast um, get a discount at purchasing anything from IntelliPure. And we offer that 10% discount. But we also wanted to make a special offer for those listening today and for the next week to offer a 25% discount to help you guys get an IntelliPure unit, whether the Compact or the 468. So hopefully they can take advantage of that and it helps them learn a little bit more about our product and how it can help them. Yeah, they've truly been life-changing. I have lived in many, many moldy buildings and it was one of the tools in my toolbox that saved me. Saved me. So Thank you. Well, I love sharing that. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I've been doing this for so long is uh, it, it truly makes a difference and that's very rewarding. Yeah. Ryan, thank you so much for sharing all the nuances and all your wealth of information, your knowledge. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too.